listening to Clarification on Springfield's Talk 1041. Hey, everybody, welcome to Clarification. Another beautiful December weekend in the Ozarks. I'm your host, James Clary, along with Sarah Myers at the board. I hope everyone's having a great post Thanksgiving, pre Christmas holiday. It's not really a holiday. It seems, you know, it's just kind of a weird time. It's a weird time in our country. I remember back in the 70s, Jimmy Carter was elected in 1976, I believe. And there's a very famous speech that Jimmy Carter did about, I think it's called the American Malaise speech or something of that sort, where... Carter was basically saying, you know, hey, people snap out of it. Everybody's depressed. Everyone's bummed out. I think we're in that same situation right now. I mean, people, people all around me in my personal life just seem down. They seem to have lost hope. You know, I was in come and go buying some Advil the other night, paid with a 20. The girl checked my 20 with one of those counterfeit pens and i said oh my gosh you have to check 20s now and she goes oh no it's not just 20s we check 10s fives and ones and i'm like you've got to be kidding me you really get counterfeit one dollar oh she goes all the time all the time it's constant and this wasn't in the hood this was in a nice decent you know middle class part of town it, it just seems like society is on the edge of falling apart. And that's not really the topic of today. I told Sarah when I came in, I have a title for the show today. It's called The American Gestapo. I want to highlight a segment of American culture, and that is the police state that we have become. That's no longer, in my opinion, a question, is America a police state? But rather, yes, we're a police state. How far are we going to allow it to go? And as you know, I like to set things up with some history. I think it's important that we draw from our history in order to understand the current economic and social conditions of our country. So... Let me tell you, American leaders have been fascinated with totalitarianism going back at least 70 years. But it really goes beyond that. You know, when the Bolshevik revolution happened in Russia that pushed Russia to become the Soviet Union, the communists, the Bolsheviks were the communists. When that happened in 19, I believe it was 1913... There were many in America that really looked favorably upon the whole communist ideology. And communism, believe there's this is some of this is nuanced and it's it's kind of difficult to understand. But remember, authoritarianism is a two-headed snake. You can have right-wing authoritarianism and left-wing. And then you have some cross of both, which is what I think you're seeing today. But if we go back to fast forward from World War I and the Bolshevik Revolution, which happened in the uh, very 
early part of the teens of the 1900s to World War II, to pre-World War II Germany in the 1930s. Remember, America entered World War II in 1941. So the war had already been going on for a couple of years, but Hitler rose to power in the early third, 1930s. And it's important to know that and remember that because many of America's major industrialists at the time were enamored with Adolf Hitler and fascism and not just the industrialists industrialists, the intelligence and law enforcement community, which is specifically what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, There was a historian named Robert Gelately, and he recounts, and I'm quoting him here, he says, after five years of Hitler's dictatorship, the Nazi police, and we're talking about the Gestapo, had won the FBI the FBI's seal of approval. The Nazi police state was initially so admired by J. Edgar Hoover, who ran the FBI at this time. The the Gestapo was completely admired by Hoover for its efficiency and order. Hoover, head of the FBI, sent one of his right-hand men, Edmund Patrick Coffey, to Berlin in January 1938, at the invitation of Germany's secret police, the Gestapo. So this is 1938, three years before we would enter the war against Japan initially, but ultimately the Axis powers, Germany, Italy, and Spain, the fascists. You know, Hitler's seen as a right-wing totalitarian. But 1938... Two and a half years before we enter the war, the FBI sending their number two man to learn from the Gestapo. So this is not a new phenomenon is the point that I'm making. And they were so impressed with the Gestapo that according to the New York Times, that in the decades after World War II, the FBI, along with other government agencies and intel services, aggressively recruited at least a thousand Nazis. Now, I know many of you have heard of Operation Paperclip, and it was a secret, very super secret operation that began immediately after World War II, whereas The United States was in competition with the Soviet Union to get the best and the brightest of the Nazis. Because, look, in Germany, the best and the brightest were Nazis. Otherwise, you were sent to a camp or you were murdered. If you were a super smart scientist, an engineer, a lawyer, a doctor, and you lived in... Germany under Hitler's reign when the Nazis were in power, you either joined the party or affiliated with the party, I'm talking the Nazi party, or you were an enemy of the party. And that could that could end up uh, sending you to prison. So thousands of Nazis were brought into the United States under Operation Paperclip, including the head of the Nazi concentration camps. The guy that ran the camps 
were given secret visas and they were brought to America under this Operation Paperclip. Uh, you know, the head of, uh, of NASA, Werner von Braun, was a Nazi scientist. But what you don't hear a lot about is the number that were actually brought in to work in America's intelligence agency. Many were hired as spies, informants, and they were camouflaged to ensure that their true identities and their ties to Hitler's Holocaust machine would remain unknown. Known. Now, at the same time this was going on, when the intel agencies, specifically the FBI, was bringing in members of the Gestapo, if you can believe that, thousands of Jewish refugees were refused entry visas into the United States on the grounds that they could threaten national security. I mean, have you ever wondered what happened to the millions of Jews that weren't killed in the concentration camps oh well they all fled to israel to start a new company not many of them wanted to come to the united states and thousands were turned away can you imagine that on the basis that they might pose a threat to national security jewish refugees jews fleeing the nazi holocaust yet we allowed literal Nazis into our country. I mean, it's it's unconscionable, almost unbelievable to me. But the fact that we brought many, many, many hundreds of members of the Gestapo and the SS into the ranks of the United States Intelligence Services sets us up for where we're going in this episode. We got a whole lot more coming on the American Gestapo. It's clarification. We'll be right back. Everybody. Welcome back to Clarification. A little German opera to set the scene for you. So before the break, we were talking about at the end of World War II, under Operation Paperclip, the U.S. intelligence agencies, primarily the FBI and the newly formed CIA. Remember, before World War II, the CIA was called the OSS, the uh, Office of Strategic Services, and it was run by... Well, one of the uh, members of it was Prescott Bush, the gr- the grandfather of George W. Bush Jr., but that's for another time. So under Operation Paperclip, these right-wing fascists were brought in to the American intelligence and law enforcement. So adding insult to injury, American taxpayers have been paying to keep these ex Nazis on the government's payroll ever since. So they were brought in post-1945, after the end of the war, these German, just really scum-of-the-earth people. And guess what? You've been paying for it. And in true Gestapo fashion, anyone who has dared to blow the whistle on the FBI's illicit Nazi ties, has found himself spied upon, intimidated, harassed, and labeled a threat to national security. So literally, people have tried to bring this up. Hey, did you know this this happened? And, uh... (laughs) No, they're attacked. And as if that wasn't bad enough, 
government agencies, the FBI, the CIA, and the military embraced many of the Nazis' policing tactics and have used them repeatedly against American citizens. So I'm sure that many of you are aware that Dinesh D'Souza has a new film out. I believe it's called The Police State or The Rise of the Police State. And, and I'm not just piggybacking on this because this has been a subject. I actually read a book, it was at least 10 years ago, about how America was becoming a police state. So I think D'Souza's film, you know, Dinesh was actually a victim of this police state and spent time in jail. Now, what you're seeing with, uh, you know, the the constant persecution of the J6 defendants, and we're going to get to J6 because it certainly plays a part in this. But what you're seeing is actually a manifestation of what we're pointing to in this episode at the end of World War II and Operation Paperclip and bringing not just bringing members of the Gestapo, but bringing their tactics and the way that they policed and making it part of American law enforcement and intel agencies policy. So the United States government still, every day, they borrow another leaf from Nazi Germany's playbook, the secret police. So here, you know, here's just a few things. Like in Nazi Germany... They had secret courts. Remember, transparency is the greatest uh, sun, sunlight and transparency is the greatest disinfectant. Secret courts. Remember, have you heard of FISA? That's in the news right now. The FISA court is up for a vote because it's about to expire. And if you don't know this issue, you need to look it up. It's a massive issue. This secret court, FISA, is the one that allowed the uh, Russia, Russia, Russia hoax against Trump. Secret agencies, surveillance, censorship, intimidation, harassment, torture, brutality, show trials, widespread corruption, entrapment indoctrination, indefinite detention. Does it all sound familiar? These were the tactics that the Gestapo used. And in like manner, the Stasi, which was the secret police of the Soviet Union. So the United States has been protected. The citizens of the United States have been protected by a document. That document's called the U.S. Constitution. And within that document, the Bill of Rights. But a piece of paper can't protect us. That piece of paper is only as good as those charged with enforcing it. So these tactics, the harassment, intimidation, surveillance, censorship, these are not tactics typically used by a constitutional republic, which we are. A republic where the rule of law and the rights of the citizens are paramount. Rather, these are the hallmarks of authoritarian regimes where the only law that counts 
comes in the form of heavy-handed and unilateral dictates from a supreme ruler who uses secret police to control the populace. Now, in Nazi Germany, it was obviously Hitler, and then under him, Himmler and his other henchmen. In the U.S., we can't really point to a supreme ruler. I mean, Joe Biden is obviously not running this country. The supreme ruler, in our case, is what I would call the administrative state. That's why I think it's so important to hear certain candidates for public office that their main goal, and there's three candidates I have in mind, is the destruction of the administrative state. Those three candidates are Donald Trump, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Robert Kennedy Jr., They've all talked about the administrative state, the bureaucracy that runs the world, or at least America, which by proxy does run the world. I mean, the danger just that's posed by the FBI right now, they're crimes against the American people. Overt surveillance, disinformation, blackmail, entrapment, intimidation, harassment, indoctrination. Overreach, abuse, misconduct, trespassing, enabling criminal activity and damaging private property. These baseless prosecutions, I'm sure you saw in the news that there is an actor that was recently arrested by a SWAT team with concussion grenades, full body armor and a battering ramp. For a misdemeanor trespassing, he walked through an open door on January 6th. So they send a SWAT team to his house. Does that sound like America to you? It sounds a whole lot more like Nazi Germany to me. And we know now. We know. Well, let's back up a little bit. Where did all this start? Well, I gave you the initial start after World War II, when the FBI, the CIA, and other other law enforcement intelligence agencies were overrun by German uh, Gestapo agents, and we borrowed their tactics. Fast forward to 2001, September 11th, 2001, America is under attack. Worst attack since Pearl Harbor, they tell us. What happens post 9-11? There was a piece of legislation that was pushed through Congress called the Patriot Act. Now, if you look into the Patriot Act, you're going to find, I have no idea how many pages it is. I don't have it pulled up, but it is a massive document. And it was literally on the floor of Congress within hours of the attack, hours or days of the attack. There's no way, possibly, that that bill could have been written in the time frame from the attack to when it was presented to Congress. Which tells us what? It tells us that that piece of legislation, the Patriot Act, had been written before the 9-11 attacks. Now, that should cause you to pause and wonder, well, why would they do that? Because it's part of the plan. I've done a deep dive 
many deep dives on this show about 9-11 and how the government story didn't add up at all. We had a, a former pilot on this show a few months back who talked about the planes and how the government story about how the planes act on 9-11 are actually impossible, that it didn't happen that way. Let's just assume for now that the government maybe knew that an attack was coming and saw what did uh, Hillary's old campaign manager Podesta say, never let a crisis go to waste. And, you know, honestly, we can we can trace uh, the 9-11 attack back to Operations Northwood, Operation Northwoods, another declassified document whereby the CIA said they're going to plan to blow up a plane over the Straits of Florida and blame it on Castro and use that as an impetus to invade Cuba. So the idea of using a plane full of civilians to start a war is not new. It's old. Look, this is all out of Hitler's playbook. You know, the, the I can't remember the, the name in German, but in Germany, these, these Nazis before the war broke all these windows and all these businesses the night of breaking glass, and then they blamed it on the Jews. It's an old, the oldest trick in the book. Create violence yourself and blame it on your political opponents. January 6th? Yeah, we're going to get to January 6th because it's only the latest in a long line of dictatorial authoritative, authoritarian events perpetrated upon American citizens by our own government. It's clarification. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's James Clary. Clarification. I love that music. I play that music in the summer, which is... As you know, it's known as the Charlie Brown theme. It's the Vince Gilardi Trio. And Vince made his name in jazz through that. But anyway, we're talking about the American Gestapo. And 9-11. Remember, we talked a bit about how American citizens have been protected from authoritarianism by a document called the U.S. Constitution and the articles within the Bill of Rights. And one of the amendments is the Fourth Amendment. And I'm going to read that to you. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. So basically, the Fourth Amendment is supposed to protect us from our government searching us, that's our persons, and or our domiciles 
or places of existence, basically, which includes our cars. So you get pulled over and a cop says, can I search your car? Notice that he asked, can I, may I? Because he knows that under the Fourth Amendment, unless you give permission or he has a warrant, then no such right exists. They don't have the right to search you. However, as I mentioned, the, the paper itself can't protect you if those that have been tagged to oversee and enforce that paper do not. And you, you're seeing the way that judges, juries are working with the police state. You know, the FISA court. I mean, it's come out now that the, the FISA court abuses are just beyond imagination. I mean, FBI agents would literally apply for a FISA warrant to listen to recordings of their girlfriends, their ex-girlfriends, sorry their children, their spouses. Now, it goes way beyond that. I mean, under the Patriot Act, it expanded surveillance and gave, really, it made it, made it legal and easier for the government to spy. It expanded the authority to monitor phone, email, communications, collect bank credit reporting, and track the activity of innocent Americans on the Internet. You know, they, the Patriot Act was rushed through Congress on the basis that it was created to catch terrorists. But what we know now is that the Patriot Act is regularly used as an excuse to surveil American citizens. You know, I talk a lot about, you know, how the left right now is supporting a lot of these, uh, this authoritative tactics being used by the new American Gestapo. Oh, they think it's great that the FBI went to Mar-a-Lago and seized Trump's documents. They think it's wonderful that Donald Trump is under, what, 45 indictments, facing 740 years in prison. They think it's great. They will come for you. They always do. Just because they're attacking your political opponents doesn't mean that you're safe. So we have the Nazi Gestapo agents coming into America under Operation Paperclip post-World War II. We fast forward to 2001. We've got the attack, the 9-11 attack. We have the Patriot Act passed. And I exaggerate a little bit. I did look it up. It was actually 45 days. But from what I've read... The act was prepared and that it was sent to certain members of com Congress within days of the attack. It wasn't passed, though, for 45 days. And many of the sponsors of the Patriot Act have come out since and said it was a horrible mistake. It's kind of like Woodrow Wilson when he created the Fed on his deathbed. 
Woodrow Wilson said that he was cajoled by the leaders in the uh, banking world to create the Fed, and it was the biggest mistake he ever made. And there's there's this history of authoritarianism. Most people don't know this. Did you know that there was a coup against FDR? And it was it was mainly by the same people who were in bed with the Nazis. Look, many American industrialists at the beginning of World War II, even into World War II, were supporting the Nazis. Henry Ford specifically had a plant in Germany that operated up until, I believe, 1943 that used slave labor from the concentration camps. Much of the money to build Auschwitz, the famous concentration camp that killed, uh, gassed thousands of Jews, was created with money generated by American Henry Ford. And after the war, the same industrialists, many of them the most powerful men in America, wanted to, excuse me, this was before the war, before World War II, wanted to institute an authoritarian state, a fascist state, and they planned a coup. They had several generals ready to go along with it. They were going to oust FDR because they hated his New Deal policies. Look, I don't like FDR's New Deal policies either. But the coup, the proposed coup against him, and it was only stopped because General Smedley Butler blew the whistle. And you think, well, why weren't these guys charged with treason? Well, it's the same old thing. Money creates power. They were told if they promised never to interfere again, that they wouldn't be charged with treason. And you don't read about this in your history books. There was actually a coup against Franklin Roosevelt. Well, it was an attempted coup. Yeah. So these same authoritarian Nazi Gestapo-like figures have been running our intel services ever since. And the Patriot Act, 9-11, opened the door to mass surveillance. And, you know, honestly, you can throw the Patriot Act aside. We know now. Thank you, Jim Clapper, you lying weasel. We know that the NSA has a copy of every phone call, text, voice message, email, Facebook, Twitter, Insta post you've ever made. Every single one. And that's for every citizen in America. They built a storage facility in Utah that's so massive that it hurt the water supply. And that's where all that information, it's all stored. All your phone calls and texts are in the hands of our government. You have to ask yourself, why do they need that? And where are we going? Where's this taking us? We'll find out in the next segment. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Clarification. thought we'd start this segment. We're talking about the new American Gestapo. And I want to play something for you. So bear with me. We're going to play a little uh, bit from our fearless leader. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. 
Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots. And they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power. All right, Sarah, I, that's it. There's, <laughs> there's time left. I just can't do it. It is amazing. And I know most of you have seen that speech. Remember, he's got red lights in the background. And I don't know if you caught that little bit where he says, you know, that the January 6th attack was an attack on our the basic ideals of our republic. And what did he say? Oh, the pursuit of justice and the rule of law. He skipped over life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. He said nothing about personal freedoms because he knew he couldn't say that. Because his forces, the American police state, the American Gestapo, yeah, of course, they do everything under the banner, the pursuit of justice and the rule of law. The only problem is they totally own the justice system. We did a show recently with Rachel Alexander. I think it was three, two or three weeks ago. And the whole show was about how the American justice system has been totally corrupted. It's gone, folks. I used to think to myself, you know, as bad as everything is in Congress, in the White House, in the Missouri State House, in Jefferson City, in Springfield City Council, at least, at least, if I get in trouble, I can always get a fair jury trial. You think Donald Trump's going to get a fair jury trial in D.C. under Jack Smith's prosecution? Do you think Donald Trump is going to get a fair jury trial in Atlanta? And it's not just Trump. Thousands, thousands of people have been targeted by the new American Gestapo for their political beliefs. I mean, when you think about it, it's, it's, I don't know, it, it, yeah, it's depressing, it's insanity, and it just goes beyond anything that we thought would ever happen. So we bounce from 1945 and then the Gestapo members of the Gestapo brought in to 2000, 
one and the Patriot Act, which gives blanket surveillance. Then we go to 2015-2016, and we see this new form of authoritarianism, cancellation. Believe me, the Gestapo, if the internet and social media had been around in Hitler's Germany, cancellation would have been the Gestapo's favorite tactic. Because short of taking someone out and executing them, Cancellation's the next best thing. You're, you become a non-person. And I mean, the number of right-wing pundits that it's happened to is unconscionable. You know, starting with the great, in my opinion, Alex Jones. He was the first one to be canceled. But they had to take it further because... Even though Alex Jones was taken off every major social media platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, et cetera, his uh, uh, Apple, his podcast was deleted from Apple's library. He still had a voice. So what'd they do next? They took him to court found that he's liable for something like, I think it's like $100 billion. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. His right-hand man, do you know who Alex Jones, Sarah, do you know who Alex Jones' right-hand man is? It's a guy named Owen Schroyer. They arrested Owen Schroyer. He's been in prison. He's been in solitary confinement for, I, I don't want to say, I can't, I don't know if it's weeks or months. But it's been a while. Owen Schroyer, he's getting released this Friday. He was, when Alex was off, Owen Schroyer was the guy that filled in. Owen Schroyer, if I remember right, did not enter the Capitol. He was there on January 6th. So I was, I digress, was talking about 2015, 2016. And we saw the use of the American Gestapo against Trump with the Russia hoax investigation, the two impeachments. This is all the same group. Now, remember, I, you, if you've listened to the whole show in the first segment, I said it, it gets difficult a little bit to identify these people because, you know, everyone say now this is a Marxist takeover of our country. And I don't really disagree with that. But the powers that be swing from left to right and back to left again for whatever suits their purpose. It just so happens that right now, the tactics of the Marxists in the censorship, censorship making people non-citizens, cancellation, lawfare, arrests, etc. That just suits them better. But it's still all authoritarian. Because remember, like J. Edgar Hoover was one of the biggest uh, enemies of communism. So how is it that his agency now embraces the tenets of communism? Well, like I said, they swing back and forth. You know, the, the left 
absolutely loved the Soviet Union. Back when, Ron, like, for instance, when Ronald Reagan was president, was trying really to break up the Soviet Union, the left defended the Soviet Union and the communists constantly. But now they hate Russia. I mean, do you see how easy they're able to switch their political affiliations to suit their needs? The Jews were called by Hitler as dirty, dark people. Dark. They were considered off color and that the Aryan race were the true white people. What do you see on college campuses now? Oh, the Jews are now deemed to be white and they're colonizers, even though the country they live in was called Judea 3,000 years ago. They're the colonizers. I mean, it's just ludicrous. What's really ludicrous is that the left uses this new American Gestapo, the police state, to further their aims. You know, I just saw a story yesterday that Two people who set fire to a Wendy's and burned it down in the summer of love in 2020 were just found guilty. Hoorah, you say. You know what they were given? A $500 fine and community service and probation. No jail time. They set fire to a restaurant and burned it to the ground. Are you outraged yet? I am. We've had more than one January 6th defendant. We had Jake Lang on the show. Look it up. We did the interview. For, he called us from prison. He was in the D.C. Gulag. You know, people use that term, D.C. Gulag. Well, it is no different than the Gulags under the Soviet Union or the secret dungeons that the Gestapo held. It's a frightening time when all of the major institutions of our country have been captured by these leftist ideologues who use the law enforcement and intelligence agencies. And it's not, look, it's not just federal. It's not just the FBI. Guess who trains the vast majority of police chiefs across the country? Yes, that's right. The FBI. Someone's elected in your town to be the chief of police. More often than not, they're sent to Quantico and FBI training. Who supplies these local sheriffs and police agencies with these weapons, with these tanks, these armored vehicles? It's the federal government. So the federal government, the, Amer the new American Gestapo, has used its power and influence to infiltrate local police departments. And you're seeing the results of that all over the country, where if you're of a certain political persuasion, you're a leftist, you can do... Look, just the other day, Chris Ray was on the stand. MTG, to her credit, brought up the recent occupation by pro-Palestinian people of a chamber in Congress 
to Chris Ray and asked him, are you going after those people with the same vim and vigor and fervor that you went after the January 6th people? And he just shrugged it off. Of course not. It's all political. And the target, it's on you and it's on me. I'm thankful I'm on a little radio station because they probably don't care. But we got to stand up and we got to fight back. It's going to be an interesting year, 2024. I'm James Clary. It's Clarification. We'll see you next week.